Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Tuesday, March 31st. We finished the month, month of March with a Tony Tuesday. He's back with us, so we're going to have a fun show re- recapping with him, talking about some things that's been going on. He won Fantasy Draft Friday, so he means he's going to get to brag about it. Yay for him. I'm also going to talk about how I could use your help in the Pittsburgh Media March Madness bracket. Please vote for me as we are in the final four voting stage, and uh, I'll get to more into details with that. You can go to our Facebook group, Locked On, by searching Locked On Steelers on Facebook. Ask to join the group, and it'll be the first. Uh, they will be the first post at the top of the Facebook group. But today on the show, we talk about Eric Ebron, an official signing. It means we get contract details what those details say. Then we'll get into some new power rankings that were released where the Steelers are a little bit lower than what I talked about yesterday. Then finally, Tony and I go over some recent comments about how great the Steelers defense can be and why it's not just hype. Let's get into it. All right, locked on listeners, y'all know what time it is. It's Tony Tuesday, which means my buddy, my friend, my former co-host, Tony Serino is in the house. Tony, how you doing, man? Doing well. How are you, Chris? Doing great. Are you quarantining well? Like, are you are you are you hanging up pretty well with you? Like, we're gonna have to do this a little bit longer. So, like, yeah. are, you, are you in there? Yeah. This is this is you know my my fiance said to me today this is gonna be our life now. Uh, cause yeah, they said yesterday we're gonna do this for another month. Uh, look, I've worked from home in the past, so for me, honestly, it's you know I was telling you this before the podcast. I don't think I've left the house in a week, and I'm, I'm pretty much okay with it. I don't know. It's fine. I'm, I'm living the life. Listen, I, I, I've practiced being a hermit when I've had to. Like, yeah. So uh, I, I am not a, I'm not at all will I complain about anything along the lines of just being able to know. I, I want everyone else to be safe. Yeah. But me, like, people are going to – this quarantine is going to end someday, and people are going to like, where's Chris? Chris, you know that the quarantine's still over, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm still in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, glad to hear you're doing well, buddy. Guys, we have to make an announcement. It's Tony's time to gloat. He won mm-hmm. because you all voted for him the first Fantasy Draft Friday. Woo! Tony, the floor is yours to talk. Well, yeah, I, you know, uh, Friday's draft was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think, I think look, you know, the, the, the fun part about doing that is that the Steelers have such a rich history in their front seven that, um, you know, it was – that all three of the teams we put together, right, were – I think, you know, you would take any three of those defenses. They're spectacular players, and it speaks to – um, the, the, you know, the, the rich history the Steelers have defensively. I look forward to when we do, you know, we do this for the secondary, we go to the offensive side. I was, I was debating my dad on, uh, yesterday about, uh, we're recording this on Monday. So I was debating on Sunday, but, uh, about who's a better wide receiver, Lynn Swan or Antonio Brown. I'm sure we're going to have that discussion on a later one. So happy to win the first one. Uh, but I'm also, I'm happy to be doing these every week. Now, um, Tony, so what I think we're going to be doing now is I'm going to keep track. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep a standings department where oh. if you – so like we're at the end of the offseason, when we're getting ready for training camp, we, we can stop these because we don't need – I don't need yeah. Friday content as much anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. We can we'll, tally we'll, up the votes or tally up the, the standings and whatnot. Yeah, and then we'll, yeah. we'll like crown a winner or something. Um, and then well, we'll, in that we, case, Chris, I, I would like to announce that uh, I will be retiring then from uh, well, from sir, Fridays. We're not going <laughs> to do, like, do it like we do hockey. We're going to have like if you get first place, you get two points. If you get second place, you get one point. You get third place, you get no points. Okay. So if you want to retire with two points and just let everyone else back <laughs> you up, that's fine. 
by all, all right. means. No, maybe not. All right, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll stick around. You do like <laughs> soccer points, you know? Three points for a win, one point for a tie, zero points for a loss. Sure, but there's no ties, anyways. Uh, it could have been a tie. There, we could have been tied. We were close. Been tied. Well, then both people will get two points. That 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 that, that works. All right, all right. I like um, it. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are nuts. Um. So there's that. If you guys want to keep voting for things, I, Chris Carter, need your help. And Tony, you've been you you've been very helpful in this. Locked on yeah. listeners, you've been great. But we are now in. If you've not been, if you're if you're new to the show or you haven't heard this part, this part of it, me campaigning, there's a Pittsburgh March Media, uh, Pittsburgh Media March Madness bracket, and there's a sports bracket where I was a 16 seed. I was placed as one of the lowest of the low. And in the first round, you guys got me to upset Corby Armstrong. The second round, I upset someone again. Third round, I upset someone again. We are now here. I think well, so. That's wait. So sixteen thirty-two. So so in the fourth round, the elite eight, I I smoked Dan Potash. Thanks to you guys coming out. We are in the final four, guys. You got us to the final four. This is insane. No sixteen seeds ever gotten this far in any tournament of anything. <laughs> and we're up against Bill Hillgrove. Now, Woo. I understand that some of you may, as Steelers fans, vote for Bill Hillgrove. He's a legend. He's a Pittsburgh media legend. But locked on listeners, we are neck and neck with them. As I speak to you right now, there's over 300 votes on this poll, and it is 50 and 50. So every vote that you can get, every retweet that you can give to me at Carter Critiques on Twitter, is it would mean the world to me. And it would also show to the locked on listeners, to, to the world, that this is the best Steelers podcast, that you're listening to it right now, and that this is the best Steelers community. I have it posted in the announcements on our Facebook page for the Locked On Steelers. If you go to Facebook, search Locked On Steelers. Just uh, ask to join the group. I'll add you as soon as I can, and then you can get you can help there. I put the link to the voting at the top of the page. It's because it is a Twitter poll, so you have to go to Twitter. But if it, if you're having problems finding it on Twitter, the easy way is to go to Facebook, click on the link that I provided in the at the top of the group, and then it'll take you right to where you can vote for me. Tony, this is an incredible run. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't this think is, this. This is this is your 2005 Steelers Colts game, though. Yeah, like it really it's is. not it's not the finals yet, right? You're you're in the final four, but if you get by Bill Hargrove, you are probably going to win this whole tournament. And then we're going to have to start talking tequila shots. So you know, uh, we'll, I guess we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, man, this is this is going to be a, a Cinderella story if you put this one off because if you pull this off because. Uh, you know, you, you've look, you've, you've come really far in this tournament, but you've come up against, you know, uh, the guy, I, I think the guy who should win the tournament, uh, but you are, it looks like you are right now, uh, neck and neck. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be it's, tough. It's tough. It's tight. It's crazy. Um, and, uh, and, and, and here's the other thing is for those, those of you who also don't know, I made a bet because people were saying, well, what, what's, what should happen when you win? Cause we wanted to treat the locked on listeners for all the support. If I win the whole thing and this is just the whole thing, I will do, we, we came happening. to an agreement. Huh? It's not really happening. It's not I, really I mean, happening. Right. I mean, who knows, Tony? I mean, I'm, I'm neck and neck with Bill Hillgrove right now. And it's only day one, you know, I'll, I'll you know, it's, it could be interesting anyways. But the point is if I win the whole thing, I will take uh, the, the agreement that I came to is I will take one tequila shot. <laughs> Every percentage point no, that I won't. Win no, can't won't. be round by. No, you won't. During a show that Tony will have to do with me to keep it on on point. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I disagree. I disagree with that that part. That okay. last part. <laughs> well, we have, we have alcohol we have, poisoning is a real thing, Chris. Well, I mean, listen. If it's like in the twenties, or if it's in twenties, oh, geez, Chris. Uh, if it's if it's if we're talking double digits here, we might have to like split them out between shows, but. 
I, I'm willing to work with it to make sure that we, we, we honor – I honor my bets here, man. I, I don't back right. out on, right. on nobody. Um, but let's get to some actual Steelers talk and not just typing up Tony's win and trying to make sure that I can win. Let's talk about the details. Eric Ebron was officially announced to be signed with the Steelers, unlike Michael Brockers with the Ravens. He's now a free agent again, which <laughs> is hilarious. But uh, Eric Ebron signs the officially two-year deal. Tony, the official numbers are out, and they are hugely supportive of the Steelers. Yeah. They got in 2020, his cap hit is $3.5 million. Yeah. That means next year it jumps up to 8.5, and they would save $6 million next year if they were to cut him going into the 2021 season. This is much like the Baron deal, much yeah. like the Moncrief deal. Yep. You know, you know, Chickalow's deal too. Yeah, Chickalow's deal. Perfect example. Yes, but that's another. That's a. It's it's one of those two year deals where hey, if you play to a great level, we'll keep you and maybe even extend you to, to spread out some of that cap hit. But if you stink, or if you're even if you're just average, there's no way we're paying eight point five million dollars for an average dude when we can probably get another one off the street for just as much or for for less money. Um, but yeah. this is a super friendly deal that Steelers told. This is yeah, it's a fantastic deal for the Steelers. And Kevin Colbert continues to pull off this exact kind of deal where, you know, the numbers come out originally and it's two years, twelve million dollars, six million dollars a year, which honestly, you know, for Eric Ebron wasn't even that bad a deal when you consider like what Jimmy Graham got with the where do you go, Chicago. Um, so this wasn't even a bad deal overall, but it's even when you look at the actual numbers, you talk about the cash strap Steelers and the salary cap issues that they're gonna have in this offseason about, you know, not being able to make splash for agency moves. I mean, this is as close to splash as they were going to get. And the fact that it comes in this low, right, like you talked about, $3.5 million against this year's salary cap and then the 8-plus next year, and not only 8-plus next year, but it makes it very easy to cut him yep. and, and get that money back. It's a perfect deal for the Steelers, and it's a win-win. I mean, it's a win-win for Ebron because he gets to come in in a good offense and try to prove himself, prove that 2018 wasn't just an outlier season for him. Um, and for the Steelers, they get a guy on offense who can be a, a playmaker. I'm sure they're hoping he's not, not only going to be a playmaker, uh, you know, be, between the 20s, but inside the 20. I mean, the the red zone threat that he can be, um, I think, is what the Steelers are really going to be hoping for. Um, and that that connection between him and Ben Roethlisberger, the two tight end sets they can do with with him and McDonald. I mean, there's just a lot of possibilities there, and it's an overall great deal for the Steelers. It, it really is. And, and something else to think about, and, and it didn't really occur to me until I started looking at like the value of different guys, the guys that are on the Steelers roster, they have at least what four or five guys now from the top, like 14 picks in the draft or top 15, if you want to say, yeah. because you had, uh, if you consider Ben Roethlisberger, I think he was an 11th, uh, make up his Patrick's an 11th. Devin Bush is a 10th. Joe Hayden, uh, was a seventh. And these are the picks, not the rounds. These are all, but these are all first round picks in the, in the top, almost the top 10. And uh, Eric Ebron was picked 10th in his draft. They've never picked naturally in the top, in the top 14, I think, since, since Ben Roethlisberger was selected in 2004. That's crazy to think about with how they're, they built this roster. Yeah, they, they've been able to go out. I mean, you know, obviously the Minka deal last year was, was the big one to get, to go get him in here and really change the defense. But yeah, you're right. I mean, look, they, they don't get a chance to get those kind of picks. So going out in free agency and especially the kind of deals they're able to pull off with these guys allows them to bring in, you know, what are uh, the, the pedigree of, of a type of player that, you know, they can make work. And uh, I think with, with Ebron, the hope is that, you know, they can finally, you know, have him become the player everyone thought he was going to be. I mean, look, he's been a real disappointment in a lot of places now, right? He was drafted by Detroit. 
never really lived up to his hype. He, you know, he did in Indy for that one year, but then last year, not great again. So, uh, you know, the hope has to be that that they can find a way to to, uh, to turn his career around. Last thing here, Tony, before we get to our first break, the Steelers, according to OverTheCap.com, right now have a little over seven million dollars in cap space. Now, of course, some of that you know has to be accounted for with uh, with signing rookies and everything, but still. Seven million dollars. Well, right now the Kansas City Chiefs have literally a hundred and seventy-seven dollars in cap space. Not hundred seventy-seven thousand, a hundred and seventy-seven dollars. So, like, you couldn't even go get a, a brand new PS4 for that price right now. Um, and uh, but the Steelers' cap space, I, I feel like this is a really good spot. I don't think they're going to make any bold moves really until the draft is over, and then they reassess and see who they can grab. Yeah. Um, but to me. This is they, they put themselves in a great themselves in a great position to if they need to make an emergency move or if the right guy comes open or if they see a trade that may benefit them where they have to take on some cap space, they've left that door open. I don't know how Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan do this. They you know they and they do it every year, right? We you come into every every Steeler fan does the same thing every year. We come into the offseason and we go, Oh god, they have no cap space. How are they gonna make this work? Then they then they uh they restructure the deals, they make the they make just enough money for what they need. They go out, they get the value free agency. This is not a team that's going to go out there and sign the big name. They're never going to quote unquote win free agency, but they'll get those guys, the kind of second tier guys who are uh, going to take more cap friendly deals. Uh, and yeah, man, look, the, you know, and this is a team this year. You know what Kevin Colbert did, and he, you're right, he is probably done. In fact, I think he said as much um, on Steelers.com, one of the interviews he had, where he basically said, "Look, you know, we're we're pretty much done at this point. Now there's more they could do. They could clear up more cap space and make some more moves if they wanted to, but." The nice thing about what the Steelers have done this offseason is they've closed up pretty much every big need that they have on the roster. You know, the offensive line is is pretty solid. Yes, you could probably add another piece of talent there um, just to compete, but it's not like a glaring need. Even on the defensive line, where I think nose tackle is still the big spot because they don't really have a, a replacement for Hargrave yet. I mean, Wormley's a good run defender. I don't know you want to play him on the nose all the time, but, I, you know, nose tackle is a position that's, you know, not becoming the – it's not the norm anymore. I mean, that, you know, that, that's a that's a position where you really only play him 30 40 50% of the time. Um, I think Hargrave got like 60% of the snaps last year, but that wasn't all it knows. He was playing end last year, especially after uh, to its injury. So, you know, th- this team is not a team with a bunch of holes right now. They're going to go into the draft and be able to just draft – best player available and not have to worry about if we don't get player X, you know, we're going to be screwed at, at some position. True that. True that. All right, let's get to our first break. Tony, when we come back, I talked power rankings yesterday. There was a new one. Re- or yes, there was a, a new one released since I talked about that. And uh, it's caused quite a bit of stir. I'll get your thoughts and my thoughts on that right after this. All right, everyone, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at a less than half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders, and elite athletes, whatever your activity level. And with the daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, they'll give your money right back. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon right now. Don't pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N, fit. 
echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. All right, we're back here. I'm here with I'm Chris Carter here with Tony Serino talking Steelers and the Locked On Steelers podcast. Now, um, Tony, so yesterday on the show, I talked about the NFL's NFL.com's power rankings. They had the Steelers placed at 10th which was a huge rise for them because before free agency, they had them at 16th. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talked about how they, they closed up a lot of gaps and a lot of holes that they saw for them during the off season, which I thought was a reasonable place. And, and basically that, that whole segment was just me kind of saying, okay, NFL.com, you're not as dumb as I thought you were sometimes. <laughs> and then here comes ESPN.com with their own power rankings and they got the Steelers down at 15. Now ESPN.com, I got some words for you, but Tony, what do you think about this? Yeah, it's 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 a it's silly to put them at 15. Where would you have ranked? Look, the Steelers were a couple games out of the playoffs, right? They were the essentially the seventh seed. If we were doing the 17 playoff, uh, they would make they would have made the playoffs last year, right? And that's with Duck starting at quarterback. That's with Mason starting for the majority of the year, right? Uh, ben Roethlisberger sat out, you know, the basically the entire season. Um, so to have them at 15 now, knowing that Ben Roethlisberger is coming back and knowing that this team didn't lose any major pieces. Yes. They, you know, they lost Ramon Foster. They lost, they had, they had to cut, uh, Mark Barron. Uh, they cut Anthony Ciccolo. There's not like huge losses on this yeah. team, you know, and, and, and the losses that they did have, I mean, I think the biggest loss might've been Matikiewicz because of what he meant to special teams, well, Matikiewicz and Ciccolo, but they went out and addressed that with a pro bowler in Derek Watt. Uh, yeah. so, you know, this is not like, like we talked about. In the last segment, this is not a team with huge needs. And so wherever you left them off last year and 15 at the end of last year might have been an appropriate spot to put the Steelers. Uh, But here's the thing. They've got a Hall of Fame quarterback coming back. And I I don't know he's coming off of elbow surgery and no one knows what, you know, 38 year old Ben Roethlisberger coming off of elbow surgery is going to be like. But I can tell you this. I can guarantee you this. And I and I love Duck with all my heart. He's going to be a better quarterback than Duck was last year. I can. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm going on a real. Feel limb here, Chris. The hottest hot take of all time. It, it, it might be my hottest take. Yeah, it might might be. Uh, Ben's going to be a better quarterback than Duck, and this defense is not going to drop off a cliff. So I, I don't understand where 15 is coming from. 10 is fine because you have to leave. Look, I think I think if I were rating them just on my heart, my Steeler fan heart, I would put them at a top five team because I believe Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back to where he was when he left. Not you know, obviously not playing the, as poorly as he did. I'm talking about the 20 the 2018 season. Um, and not that he play, had a great year in 2018, but I think he's going to be playing at that level. And if he plays at that level, plus what they have on defense now, it's a top five team for me in, in the NFL. But I understand putting him at 10 because you don't know what Ben's going to be. But 15 to me is, is ridiculous. And also when you consider some of the teams ahead of them. At 14, they have the Indianapolis Colts. I get that they signed Phillip Rivers, but you know who beat Phillip Rivers and the Colts last year? The Steelers with Mason Rudolph and right. Devlin Hodges. <laughs> and Duck, yeah, exactly. Like, well, the crazier one is 13, Chris, because they have the New England Patriots above the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, listen, I get that they're the Patriots and they've been the Patriot way, but without Tom Brady, unless they unless they trade to get Deshaun Watson, which I swear to God, if it happens, I will – someone – Well, even Cam Newton would be a really good signing for them. Oh, no, it would be. It w- he would be. He would be. Um, and, and I think I think that might be what they're trying to angle for, and they're trying to, they're trying to wait people out and see what prices they can get because Bill Belichick always does things on the cheap. But um, – you know, it's – you know, I, I also have a problem with them being above the Steelers right now when you don't have any clear expectations at quarterback. And even with Tom Brady last year, you were struggling. Um, so I have a problem with that. 
Um, the Eagles, I, I'm okay with the Eagles. I mean, Carson, as long as Carson Wentz can, can be healthy for a season, which still hasn't happened, um, I think that they'll be a threat. The Cowboys, though, I mean, the Cowboys, you know, was Dak Prescott missing all the last year? Um, right, right. Yeah, and, I, I, and they did lose. They did lose some players. Yeah, they lost uh, Byron Jones, went to the Dolphins. And as, as much as people got on Byron Byron Jones at times, they, they lost Byron Jones. Travis Frederick retired. Yeah, he retired. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. It's, I mean, th- 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 these aren't easy are easy things that the Cowboys are just replacing. Now, I get that they got Gerald McCoy. That is that is huge. He's, a, he's still a very good defensive tackle. Um, but, I mean, just uh, I, I don't get the, the Cowboys being up that high. I know they're America's team, but come on. And also, I'm not sold at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the 10th team on these, on these power right. rankings. The, I mean, the questions I get- you have about the Bucs are the same questions you have about the Steelers, which is yeah. what is this quarterback going to look like in this offense? And right. you know what the Buccaneers are missing? A defense. Right, exactly. They don't have a defense anywhere close to where the Steelers are right now, and they're going to have as many questions. I mean, look, Tom Brady at 42 in Bruce Arians' offense. Is that going to work? You know, look, they have a ton of weapons. They have a ton of I agree. I mean, I totally agree they have a ton of weapons on that offense, but um, I'm not sure I'm not sure that that's just going to work as well as everyone thinks it's going to work, you know, overnight. Um, and so I have the same question about wherever you put the Bucs, I think you put the Steelers right next to them. Yeah, um, I think that's totally fair. Um, I'm okay with the Bills being nine um, because I thought they played very well last year. And then Josh Allen will be older and they'll get a little bit better. And they got Stephon Diggs. Um, I, I'm not 100% sold on the Vikings being at eight, considering that they're losing a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you know, Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Trey Wade. Though Trey Wade stunk. Uh, Xavier yeah. Rose didn't do too well. Yeah, um, but I mean, they're they're throwing people off the roster and and they and they again they traded away Diggs. Right. Uh, and they only got like a second round. Wait, uh, no, I think wait, did they get a first round? They got a first round pick for. They Diggs. got the first rounder for him, yeah. All right, like, see that that that's that's not bad. But they actually got decent compensation for a top wide receiver. It's crazy. It's crazy. Which is crazy in today's NFL, unless unless you're trading away Brandon Cooks because for whatever reason, Brandon Cooks has gotten two first round trades in his career, and he he's not even on the level of DeAndre Hopkins, Antonio Brown, or any of these guys. Yeah, I do. Um, and then uh, you know the Seahawks at six, or no, I'm sorry, the Titans at seven. Which I get for now, but honestly, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, but yeah, be, if there's a team that's coming back down to earth this year, I feel like it's going to be the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, when people are like, "Oh, that, that's how t- Ryan Tannehill likes to play." Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like the Seahawks at six because uh, they, they still need to sign Jadavian Clowney. I don't know what's taking so long, um, but you know, I, I, Russell Wilson's just a bad man, and uh, I have a hard time betting against that guy, even when he doesn't have any weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they went and got. Uh, Greg Olson, you know, to play tight end if he can stay healthy. Yep. Um, they went and got Philip Dorsett for some speed. Um, so I think they, they've they've got some weight there. They got the Packers at five, which I guess. Yeah, um, that's another one where it's like, eh, okay. I mean, yeah. I'm not I'm not sold on that, but right. Yeah, like fine. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is also a bad man, but you saw their defense. Um, they had the, the the Saints at four, which I totally agree with. The Saints have been on this cusp for three years now yeah. that, you know, it's just uh, – got a quarterback cool. controversy now. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> the, the fact that Taysom Hill is being regarded as some actual starting p- potential in the yeah. NFL and people still question Lamar Jackson, just it's so stupid. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but they signed Emmanuel Sanders – um, and so he's going to be number two behind Michael Thomas and he's going to have Drew Brees and they still have Alvin Kamara and their defense still has a lot of talent on it. I mean, this is just a team. I think they just, they just need to have the not be snake bitten in the, in the playoffs and they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, 
but they're an early favorite. I, honestly, I would swap them with the next team, the the, the Niners at three, because um, yeah, I, I like the Saints' talent better. I right. think the and, well, I mean, you, you have the the direct swap of uh, Emmanuel Sanders, who I thought was a really good piece for that 49ers offense, and he goes to the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, who I think is he's going to be a really nice piece in that Saints offense. I, I I could agree with you on that. I think the Saints might be right now just a smidge ahead of the Niners. I, I like the I still like the Niners talent. Well, yeah, the Niners are going to be very good. I mean, that, that pass rush is still going to be there. The coverage is still going to be there. Um, the offensive line is still going to be intact. They still got Kittle, um, and they've got a young wide receiving core with Debo Samuel ready to take over. They just need. I think if if, if Jimmy Garoppolo can you know turn stop being a pumpkin, I think he'll be they'll be fine. Um, number two makes the most sense. Baltimore Ravens. It's kind of obvious they they were the number one team in the re- regular season and then got smacked by the, the Titans. Uh, they're bringing back a lot of people. Um, you know, they tagged Judon. Um, they brought in Campbell. They they kept- Lance Campbell was a sneaky good move for them. That oh was a sneaky God. good move. Yeah. Oh, was was that a sneaky good move? Yeah. Um, and they got Lamar Jackson back healthy. So um, th- them being number two, and then the obvious number one is the Super Bowl champion Chiefs who they've invested to keep everything again. They have $177 in cap space. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough to be on top. Um, I'm, I'm a whole, yeah. I mean, like chiefs, they got to be able to make some moves, right? I mean, like they have to be able to clear up some caps because you can't, I mean, like they can't sign their draft picks for that. So I don't know what else they're going to do. I mean, Sammy Watkins is still on the roster. Um, and I think a lot of people has just assumed, right. I mean, he was talking about retiring because uh, yeah. you know, the, the chiefs were going to cut him. They haven't yet. Um, well, and the thing is, is that uh, they would, um, I think they would free up fourteen million dollars, I think, or something like that. Is it? Yeah. I mean, that's what they have. To, I mean, that that makes the most sense. Now, look, you know, I mean, if, if you value Samuel Watkins, I mean, I don't know, if you value him at twenty-one million dollars, but uh, if you value him, I guess, I guess you got to keep him around because he was a, you know, he was. I wouldn't say he was an integral part, but, but he was a part of what made that offense so good last year as as another weapon for Mahomes. The target so and just the, uh, the pure speed of him but i mean yeah. again they're gonna have a, a they have that 30 second pick overall um if they want to get a running back they can do that but they can also just pick off pick off one of these amazing receivers yeah, that are gonna it's come. just such a good wide receiver draft and if they get a good one i mean you know if someone like rugs goes there or something i mean just shut the yeah. nfl down just yeah yeah it's like okay i mean they're already the fastest team in the nfl with tyree kill sammy watkins and miko hardman at the wide receiver position and then you still yeah. got damian jones or whatever his name is uh, Damian Williams, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Damian Wilson, there we go. Third time's a charm. Um, you still got them, and then you, on defense, Honey Badger, like get the heck out of here. Yeah. Um, so totally understand why they are number one. Can the Steelers be number one next year? We'll find out. But where they may be number one is counts. We all agree it's the defense. But uh, yesterday you guys heard me talk about Brian McFadden a little bit. He had some more comments to our Dale Lally at DKPittsburghSports.com. We'll get into those on the defense right after this. All right, everyone, let's get down to it. There was a new article um, that that Dale posted. He's been cranking out interesting stuff here and there. Um, But he's been talking to Bryant McFadden. If you don't know who Bryant McFadden is, he's currently an an analyst uh, for CBS Sports. But he's also a two-time Super Bowl champion with your Pittsburgh Steelers. He was a cornerback, drafted back in 2005. Played really well for them in the 2005 run to Super Bowl 40, um, and then uh, stuck with them until until Super Bowl 43 when they won a um, they 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 beat the Cardinals, and then he came back for like a couple of years after that, but eventually got injured. So yesterday we talked about a, a letter that Bryant McFadden shared from Troy Polamalu, and something that he said 
it was given to him like 10 years ago and he still holds on to it to this day because of how much it touched him. So if you want to listen to that, go back to yesterday's podcast, it's the second segment. Uh, it's really touching. You can also read the whole thing on DKPittsburghSports.com under last Friday's Friday Insider. But today, Dale had an interesting article, Tony, and it was just talking to Bryant McFadden, and he was part of that 2008 defense. Now, he wasn't a starter because that was Deshae Townsend and Ike Taylor, but he yeah. was part of that rotation. And he says he thinks that this w- is going to be the best defense the Steelers have had since then. The only difference will be can they win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm with him. Not only am I with him, I'll take him one further. I think this is – I mean, I think the 2019 defense already, just take that year in, in general. I would – you'd have to go all the way back to, two, like, you know, since 2008. Yeah, I mean, definitely since 2008. There's been no defense that's that's accomplished what 2019's defense is, especially when you consider how poor the offense played, right? Because it was one of the things that you and I talked about the first couple weeks of the year, right? Remember we were talking about snap counts and, like, you know, the defense isn't playing well, but, you know, it, it, it's on the field for so long. You know, they figured, I mean, the defense, the offense never really, like, you know, got better, right? But the defensively, they did. I mean, as Minka grew into that defense and as that pass rush con- continued to be as consistent as they were, and Devin Bush started to grow into his own, um, even Mark Barron, who started the year really poorly, you know, look, he never became a, a star, right? But he, but even he got better as the year went on. Um, th- I think that 2019 defense, I would say, is the best defense since 2008. And I would even say, you know, it might be better, you know, what they did in 2019 and how much they won games for that team. Now, if they had made the playoffs, it would be easier to say this, but they might be better than even like the 2005 defense. Uh, that's a that that that's a that's an interesting argument to have. Now, here was where McFadden made his difference points. Uh, work with me, uh, bear with me here. Not work with mm-hmm. me, but bear with me here. Um, this is this is a bit of a longer quote, but I'm going to work my way through it. Yeah. Uh, he says the difference between this current defense and the one that I played with. Some of the outstanding defenses I was a part of, we were able to win championships. I remember in 2008, the Super Bowl against Arizona. Mike Tomlin told us on that last drive we had to come up with a stop after the San Antonio Holmes touchdown. Remember, we had put up great numbers that year, and Tomlin said that everything we did throughout the season means nothing if we don't don't win it all right now. That kind of resonated for all of us. To me. This, this current Steelers defense, especially last year, it was the best defense I've seen in Pittsburgh since that 2008 campaign. Now, will they go down with some of the legendary defenses that they've had in Pittsburgh? Probably not because they didn't win it all. They might have a chance to win it all, but that means a lot when you – they might they might have had a chance to win it all, but that means a lot when you're part of an iconic legendary defense and you win the sticky Lombardi. Of course, the mm-hmm. sticky uh, – you know, that's a legendary talk with there. But, Tony, to me – this I, I agree with him. It comes down to when the defense needs to close out games and big games. Can you do it? And, and he and, and there, you can go back and watch America's Game or whatever highlight shows you want of Super Bowl Forty Three, and they, they all have that audio of Mike Tomlin say, "If this defense makes a great stop right here, you're a great defense." And, and they go out and uh, Lamar Woodley uh, sacks with Kurt Warner. He fumbles the ball and Brett Kiesel dives on it, uh, and they they win the game. Um, and, uh, but this defense, they showed that potential. How many games did they close out for them last year, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the one that sticks out to me, the one that really, you know, opened my eyes and said, okay, you know what, th- this defense is absolutely legit. Um, and it is just, you know, not, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of getting this offense right. Because the problem, the problem is that the 2008 team, look, that offensively in 2008, it was not, they were not, this year was not a good team. Uh, no, 2008 offense. They're mediocre. Yes. Uh, you know, but you can't really, you know, it, it, it the modern NFL is played in such a different way, and it, you know it's it's so uh, it, it's so balanced towards offense in this in this modern NFL that it's, it's so hard to win 
you know, with just defense. And that's what the Steelers were trying to do last year. But that game against the Rams was was a spectacular win because it was basically won solely by the defense. Yeah. So they had the pit. It was what it was a fumble a recovery fumble. for a touchdown yep. in that game, and yep. they had the interception at the end uh, to actually seal it. Right, because that was a Rams team. Like I know the Rams didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So that win, you know, in retrospect, you know, it was not not a huge win because the Rams weren't a playoff team. But this is a you know defending NFC champion yeah. who's who's in that game. Their backs were against the wall. They were they were five and three going into that game, I believe. Yeah. Um, so they you know they were still fighting for that spot in the NFC. The Steelers were of course fighting for a spot in the AFC. And for the defense to win and win in that way, um, I thought was a, a spectacular win. I think the Cardinals win. Look, and, and again, you know, the, the Steelers, you know. They, don't have a whole bunch of signature wins, but like, you know, going on the road to Arizona West coast game um, against a young quarterback like that and, sh- you know, shutting them down and then winning that game. Like you said, you know, f- closing that game out, I believe that one was another one that it ended on a turnover. Um, yeah. Ended on inter- another interception. So uh, those were two big ones to me that stand out of kind of that killer instinct. The, the part he talks about though, of, of needing to do that in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl, I agree with him on that. The problem for this defense is, you know, it's not their fault this team wasn't in this. You know, they right. got this team to eight and eight. It's not their right. fault they didn't make the, the the playoffs. That's that's on the offensive side, and that's what hopefully Ben Roethlisberger is going to fix this year. The way the NFL is, you, you know, it, it's very hard to have a mediocre offense and and really win anything. No, it, it, that's the whole point is that you got to be able to to compete somehow. Now, I mean, you could point to recent examples and say maybe the Denver Broncos of 2015. Um, and, and look at other teams that have made it. I mean, the, the, the Titans didn't have an all-great offense. They were just able to run the ball really well lately. Um, but, uh, but, you know, all in all, I, I look at this team, and I, this, this is just why I'm so confident about them right now, is that the pass rush is there. The starting line is there. The corners are there. And that's something we've never really been able to say about the Steelers. The safeties are there. The, the cover linebacker of Devin Bush is there. They've got another good good one of Vince Williams. I just think they need one more presence at the linebacker position to help out and maybe, and then another safety to help out. But the defense, this is as good as you could say they've been you know, since that 2008 year. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and 2010 it qualifies as well because they were also a top – I think they were number one defense that year as well. But um, everyone remembers that 2008 year because they won the Super Bowl, and, and you just saw that defense dominate game, you know, game in and game out, um, and how they played going into the, the 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 you know the way they closed out the Ravens. I mean, don't forget, you know, Troy Polamalu had that pick six, and Ryan Clark utterly destroyed Willis McGahee. Um, you know, just all the legendary defensive moments, and of course, James Harrison's pick six in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. just, Time and time again, that defense came up. Uh, the the pick six to Shea Townsend had against the Cowboys. That's the kind of defense I think they have right now, which is why I think this is a relevant article, relevant yeah. time to bring that up because they were finding ways to win late in games. Don't forget that Browns game where uh, I think it was uh, Hayden had the interception on, on Baker Mayfield when they, they needed to get a stop there. For the, for the past, I'd say before this season, for the past mm, you know eight years or so, it was a question mark if the Steelers' defense was out there at the end of the game because you were like, oh, man, not again. And there were some times they came out with it. But it was most of the time this past year they came out on top. The one time that you can really point to where they didn't uh, when they needed to stop at the end of the game was the Niners game. But, again, that was because of a fumble that gave the Niners a short field after the Steelers' defense had forced five turnovers. Right. Right. Uh, if I Okay, so if you allow Tony the Hater to come out for just a moment. Yeah. Do you the, think? The, the, only, the only thing that, that – um, is in the back of my mind when I think about this defense is how reliant they were on turnover. You talk about the turnovers in that game against the Niners. Yeah. 
you know, the, the thing about turnovers and, and really takeaways is that it, it can vary from year to year, right? Some of you would talk about fumble luck and just the, the, the overall luck of takeaways. The Steelers had 38 takeaways in 2019. Not only was that the most in the league, that was the most since 2015 when the Panthers had 39. Clearly, I don't think the Steelers are going to have 38 again, right? That number is probably going to go down. How far down does it go, right? Does it go down to 30? If it's 30, I think they're fine, right? If it's, you know, but if it's, if it's, if the pendulum swings back, and this team has had some bad turnover luck in the past, I believe you'd have to go back, what, just like 2017 when this team had like, you know, 17 uh, takeaways in a year, 22 takeaways. So if it swings all the way back, I mean, I think that would be worrying, but I'm not so worried about it. I just, I just wonder, you know, if the, the pendulum's going to swing back a little bit. We know that, right? Because of the way the variance works at, at turnover rate. Um, but I also, the reason why I, that doesn't worry me, uh, so much about the team overall is that even if the turnovers swing the other way and this team isn't, you know, converting turnovers at such an amazing clip, I think offensively they're going to be much better than they were, and it's it's going to even itself out. So, um, yeah, I think this team's going to be fine. Um, great. So, um, I, I I agree entirely. Tony, thanks for coming on the show. Yep. Uh, another fun Tony Tuesday. Um, can you let people know where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me on YouTube now. I have a new show. It's called AFC North Talk. Uh, you can find that by searching AFC North Talk on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there, uh, and you will hear me uh, every other Monday. Of course, you're going to find me here on Tony Tuesdays. Uh, and then you can also follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country. Awesome. And Tony, um, is, uh, support, the, support the guy. He's gonna be, he's, he's got a good show there. He's, uh, he's the voice of reason on a crazy uh, divisional rivalry show. Um, uh, Sometimes, you, you, other other times, I'm the voice of the insanity, as no, I am no, on this show. But 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 here's the thing, it, it, you know, this show you're crazy. I, I understand it, but but that show you're you're being the heel to these other teams. I, I totally yes. understand. And with some of the ridiculous things they they say there, I mean, the one Browns guy said they were going to win out after they they beat the Steelers the first time, and I was like, okay, buddy. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, and, they did. I have to look up the. By the uh, way, have you have you looked in at all to James Harrison's uh, coverage statistics? <sighs> If he's no. had any big plays. I'm sorry, man. I'm so busy. God. It's tough, man. It is tough. I, I can't remember what play. Even the, Did we talk about it today at all? I don't remember. Anyways. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but guys, if you want to find me, I'm at Carter Critiques on Twitter. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Hit me with an ad. Hit me with a like. Always uh, hit me with a DM. Always on a chat with you guys. Thanks so much for supporting the show. Again, you can subscribe to this anywhere podcasts are listened to. Um, if you want to rate us five stars, leave a, leave a positive comment on Apple Podcasts. Please do so. It, it really supports the show and helps me get the word out there about it. Um, also, if you do, I will read your review live on air as long as it's safe for work. Um, um, also, on top of all of that, please also remember, in that Pittsburgh Media March Madness bracket, Please get me as many votes as you can. Vote yourself. Get your friends to vote, your family to vote. You guys are sitting around our house. Hey, get get some votes out there. Retweet it. Get you know, spread the word. We're trying to pull off an amazing Cinderella story here. A 16 seed going all the way to the championship. Just need just need two more wins and we've got the lock. So thanks to all those who have voted. Please keep the voting out yourself. From Tony and Chris Carter, we'll be back at you tomorrow. <laughs>